Welcome to Real Talk, where we definitely maybe are both shirt cocking it right now. I am. I'll admit it. Yes, I am as well. I'm very uncomfortable, yet also slightly aroused. Yeah, that's pretty much how Deadpool 2 went, and that is what we are going to be reviewing today. That's a segue, and not the scooter. <laughs> Deadpool 2 is a rated R film, and it definitely deserves that rating. Uh, it is explicit, to say the least. But and it's also a family movie. Yeah. And they really try to push that Definitely narrative. has some family morals going through all throughout the whole movie. Just not one you would take your five-year-old at. But I will say there was that damn five-year-old in the second showing. There were a to. few kids that I saw there that I that's, was like... That's a bold that move. That's a super bold move. Uh, this movie is directed by David Leicht, who happens to also be the director of John Wick and Atomic Blonde. Which and, are fantastic if you haven't yeah. watched it. And you can tell in the action scenes in this movie yep. that it is made by someone who has done this for a while. These types of movies. Uh, so to get started, um, just want to let you guys know that at this point in time, the Infinity War review, uh, review should be out. Uh, it's a little bit lengthy, and compared to this one, um, it's going to be a lot longer. But if you're interested in that and you've watched all the Marvel, Marvel films, then you may want to give that a listen. Um, we don't have an email set up yet, but since we are a part of Squidflix, you can always email us at those email addresses. Do you have one? It's just at Squidflix on Twitter, uh, Squidflix Your Guide to Great Movies on Facebook, and it's contact at squidflix.com. But if you go to squidflix.com, there's a contact form, and it all goes to me. So we'll make sure. Your hate mail gets read. Rest assured. <laughs> we don't get a lot of messages, so the negative ones really stand out. Thanks, listeners. So, yeah. <laughs> any, any feedback, hate mail, love mail, whatever you have. Nudes, I'll take it all. Don't send us nudes. Definitely don't do that. But email us, and we would love to hear back from you guys. And we're going to start actually posting. Uh, we hope to have a Twitter feed up and going soon. We're going to start posting our topics beforehand. That way you guys can send us any questions that you may have about the movie or whatever we're reviewing that week. Uh, so now let's get right down to it, our review of Deadpool 2. Um, so Shelby, I guess I'll start by asking you, what was your initial reaction to the movie and um, how would you rate this based on the Squidflix ratings? Okay, well hot take, I like the first one a lot. I really like what Ryan Reynolds is done with the character. I really like the direction they took this. It's really nice for this being a IP that's not in Disney Marvel's hands and actually doing something different and interesting with it. Uh, even though it'll never dovetail into the MCU the way they've taken it, uh, it's nice. It's a different movie. It's really awesome and really it's what we should see from <laughs> other movies that aren't in the realm of these these mixed up IPs. But I actually think I like it a little bit more than the first one solely on the fact that it has a better long arc storyline and it feel like it actually has a little bit more emotional depth and isn't as like rough shot slap shot humor with no consequence to any actions throughout but they're both good movies they're both fantastic 
but I give the edge to the second. Uh, that's not been the opinion I've seen everywhere else. They they both rate about the same, but everybody seems like the first one just is a little bit more. Uh, I like the second one a little more, and I'd probably give it, I'd give it a four out of five. I think it's a it's a great technical movie, and it's really entertaining, and you don't have to know shit about any of these people to enjoy the movie. Um, but very very nice. All the technicals are hit, and Reynolds is fantastic, and all the supporting cast are great. So, yeah, totally agree. Um, I guess if I had to give you my hot take as well, uh, I would say that Deadpool two is pretty. It is very similar to Deadpool one, but Deadpool one I loved it, and I think the audiences liked it so well that they kind of stuck with the same recipe. Yeah. And I do think it's better. I think that the storyline altogether for Deadpool 2 makes it more interesting. And even though you have a female character, once again, maybe getting fridged, we'll talk yeah. about that a little later on, uh, I think altogether Deadpool 2 with the supporting cast and with the job that Reynolds does again, is the better movie. I would also give it a four out of five. It expands the Pooliverse, which is, if you've read any of the comics, is the most fascinating part about Deadpool anyway. He hangs out with the cool rejects that don't fit in with the other groups of superheroes and villains, so it's kind of neat to see that starting to unfold with the X-Force arc. So I think it's probably why I skew more towards it. But yeah, it's the same recipe, same movie, just probably a little bit better writing and a bigger story arc set in motion. But yeah. both good. And just a heads up, if you haven't seen this movie, listen no further, go watch it, and then come back, because the rest of this is going to be filled with spoilers, and we're not going to hold anything back from this point on. You've been warned. (laughs) You've been warned. Uh, We're going to cuss a lot, make it a little explicit. We're not sure yet. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, We're definitely not wearing pants right now. Allegedly. But lawyers say we have to say that. We have adult legs, though. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. And we're, could be worse. Yeah, could be worse. So we're going to open up with the opening scene. And just to set the tone a little bit, um, the scene opens up. We see Deadpool smoking a cigarette in a house, empty by himself. He has a little Logan timer. Oh. <laughs> Mm. with Wolverine impaled on it just right off the bat hilarious the whole crowd was cracking up both times that we watched it yeah um yeah so we see we see a depressed and I mean suicidal definitely well attempted suicidal yeah I I mean he can't kill himself but so we see Deadpool in Definitely in a valley in his life. Yep. And so this sets up one of Deadpool's classic kind of review what's happened in the past to get us to this point in time. So we see that he's, at this point, he's been working as a mercenary for two years. And he's been going all around the world. He even says at one point he's become like an international killer. Yep. And there's lots of great cutscenes. Oh, yeah. great cutscenes where him and Dolly Parton <laughs> are are kind of just going through and murdering some samurais, and it's it's pretty great. It's pretty hilarious. 
and just sets the sets the mood right off the bat for what type of movie this is gonna be. Zany, bloody, irreverent, very self-aware, Deadpool, modern yeah. Deadpool, non-X-Men origins Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually, Deadpool gets back to the United States, and he has to take down this villain. We never really know much about the villain at all. Yeah. Except that dogs. he escapes. Yeah. Deadpool doesn't kill him. And this comes back to bite Deadpool in the ass. As we see later on that night, it's his and Vanessa's anniversary together. They exchange gifts. And then this villain comes back and ends up killing Vanessa. And this sets Wade upon the path that he's going to take for the rest of the movie. And I guess before we get there... We should talk about uh, Vanessa and Wade were planning on having kids at that point, which yep. I don't think is something, you know, they never hinted that he wanted kids in the first one. Yeah, that kind of came out of the blue. I didn't really understand that, but like I said, maybe it's just, they're just, they don't really care about, uh, they're self-aware movies and continuity is not really a huge concern. Well, I guess they both had some regards. fucked up childhoods yeah. in the first movie. They talk about it in this one too. But I guess the, what they're trying to imply is that this relationship has moved into the direction that it's gotten stronger. They don't hate each other yet, and so they're going to have kids because that fixes everything. So, yeah. So it's very. I wouldn't know. I don't date. <laughs> Must be nice. We don't talk to girls. We go to Marika's and play volleyball. We don't talk to girls there. So this sets Wade up on the path of depression and just the downfall of Deadpool. Yep. And so this and he's is, legitimately despondent. I mean, he's legitimately yeah. like usually there's no consequence to anything he does. He does whatever he wants to all the time. There's no consequence. And when he loses his girlfriend, he lost everything. So it's at that point that Wade makes a visit back to his house from Deadpool One, and we're reacquainted once again with the blind woman, um, Granny Pool. <laughs> Granny, yeah, I guess Granny Pool. I don't know what her name is. This is a pretty funny scene uh, in the throwback to Deadpool 1 where he has a bunch of cocaine hidden in the floor somewhere. Wade's cocaine. Wade's cocaine. And once he picks it up, we see below it that he has the cure for blindness, which he talked about in the first movie. Yeah, it's still stored, ironically, underneath the blind woman. So. Yeah, and so we see that Deadpool had it all and now it's been stripped away and he's went to a cocaine stuber and decided to kill himself and that's what really leads us back to the first scene of the movie where he's laying on about 12 drums of high explosives gasoline or i don't know what the hell it is Some but kind of something you wouldn't light an open flame around so no, something that will mur- that will kill you for sure kill you dead and he tries it he goes for it he blows himself and the whole apartment up but in true dead fashion he's never really dead and we see his old buddy Colossus come and save him the old iron curtain pick up the parts and Colossus takes him back to the X mansion where the X-Men are and then we kind of see at this point uh, them trying to build you know Deadpool's character back up yep yep and when he commits his pseudo-suicide, he does briefly break the veil 
of life and death and does see Vanessa sitting across the room, but he's unable to reach out to her. And she kind of sets this journey off in motion by saying that his heart's not in the right place. And he can't reach out to her and he gets sent back. He gets pulled back into reality and life at the X-Mansion. And uh, so it's interesting. It kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. He'll end up having several near-death encounters and he tries to get closer and closer and learn what he's actually supposed to learn, his lesson of life in this movie, which is kind of a cool dynamic that they add. Um, it's kind of a riddle from the Sphinx situation. And yeah. The only way that he can see Vanessa is actually be near death for him. So Which is cool. hard to do. Yeah. Being hard. basically immortal. So you gotta really try for him to really, come really try. So yeah, so now they're at the, the X mansion and we see uh, Deadpool wake up and he's healed back together and Klaus has been taking care of him. We're also reintroduced once again to Negasonic Teenage Warhead who we uh, <laughs> we were able to to meet in the first movie and or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> yeah, so she's she's awesome. All the characters in this movie really do a great job. You know, we didn't even mention uh, T.J. Miller and R.I.P. His career. Yeah, he's a he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, scummy dude. And then who is the cab driver? Oh, we briefly gosh. see him in the first in the first scene too, cleaning up Deadpool's pee in the bar. He's despondent. He's not left the bar in three <laughs> days, and but yeah, it's bad. He's bad in a bad way. It's up to this point. Deadpool's been a mess. Yep, suffice it to say. So now he's at the X Mansion, being built back up put back together, brought back to life. We see that that Colossus is, you know, is he Wade's friend? Yeah, he's definitely Wade's friend. Trying he's to a, help he's him a bit back. dense, literally and figuratively. He's, you know, yes, very he doesn't so. see that Wade's just usually just toying with him the entire time and has ulterior motives. But So this is where Deadpool becomes an X-Men trainee. Trainee. Train- Not an X-Men, a trainee. He's like assistant to the regional manager. That's an important role. It is an important role. I think Dwight would agree with that too. And it's at this point that they have their first mission together. Oh yeah, first mission. First mission and also last mission. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. While he's trying to get the lay of the land, Colossus is trying to tell him what his responsibilities are as an X-Men, which is basically the antithesis of what he is as Deadpool. He's got to follow rules. He can't kill anybody. Uh, as Wade says, he has to. He has to be a virgin. <laughs> I mean, he's just ripping. He's just ripping the X Men a new one. Uh, and he's complaining about how another one of the probably the funniest self aware moments in the movie is he's ripping about. Oh man, come on! You know we can't even get one of the real X Men to show up for this movie. You know couldn't even spare some cash for that. And while he's bitching in the hallway. There's a sliding door, and all the cast of the other X-Men movies are sitting in there, not making a sound, and uh, Nightcrawler just shuts the shuts the sliding door, and Wade's none the wiser. So there's a great cameo by all the other X-Men. I guess this is, what, what era is this? Like, 
present, right? Yeah. So it's like the it's James McAvoy, James and, McAvoy, and it's like the first class. Group, yeah, it's like right? the first class group. Yeah, so it's it's great. It's like they don't say a word. They have no speaking roles, but they briefly show up in a scene. So there are the X Men in this movie, technically, for half a second. So yeah, if you watch Deadpool one, then Deadpool two is very similar. You know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of exposition. There's going to be a lot of breaking the fourth wall and yep. talking to the audience directly. Um, and yeah, it's hilarious. And so they go off on this mission. Home is a trainee with Colossus and is yeah, Negasonic Teenage Warhead Negas- is there. Negasonic Teenage Warhead and uh what is the uh Yukio? I don't think Yukio's with them the first mission. No, she's not, she's not. But he meets Yukio. He meets Yukio. Yeah. So And then they go to find Russell Collins, or as he goes They poorly named Firefist. Yes. And it's cool, uh the actor who actually plays this first got his big break. He's from New Zealand, and he got his first big break in a movie with Taika Waititi mm-hmm. called Hunt for the Wilder People. Yep. Yeah. And he's great. Yeah, he's a he's, he's pretty hilarious. entertaining. I think the his first line in the movie is, fuck off. It is. So, I mean, well, he fits right <laughs> in a Deadpool movie. Yeah, it's perfect. But he's, uh, he's broken out of his mutant re-education center, which has always been a theme of all the X-Men movies, both serious and knockoff. It's like mutants are abominations, and people believe they can rehabilitate them. It's almost like a pseudo, you send in gay kids to a Christian rehabilitation camp because they can be reformed. Mutants can be fixed. It's a problem. Instead of accepting people for their differences. So, they've got that whole arc still there, but... It's the Deadpool twist on it. So Wade's, you know, supposed to talk down this kid. You know, police are surrounding him. He's already knocked over some cars. It's a a hostage standoff situation. And Deadpool's going to be Deadpool. And trying, watching him try to de-escalate a situation without skewing towards just outright killing everybody in sight is pretty entertaining. He has to be an X-Men. He's a trainee. He's got to do it right. He's got to follow the rules. So he tries it. He does. He does for half a yeah. half a second. And even when he breaks the rules, it's for a good yeah, goodish reason. Pretty justified reason. I mean, you find out that Russell is is being abused, and all those scene. kids are. Yeah, all those yeah. kids are being abused. The the guy who runs it, the caretaker or like the like headmaster, the, the headmaster. Yeah, the facility. he's been abusing all the mutants there. Like punishing them for their powers, torturing them. Yeah, it's not a good situation. And he sees through that. He can see the pain in Russell's eyes when he's talking to him, trying to de-escalate it. And he physically he sees the marks yep. too. He's got scars on his neck. And yeah, so he ends up he ends up uh, shooting and killing one of the one of the staff members. And that's enough. Colossus puts kibosh on it, and they both get arrested because he broke a rule, and it's unacceptable. He killed somebody. So. Yeah, this isn't the first time that Deadpool's really let Colossus down. Yep. And so Colossus just lets him go at this point. He yep. lets uh, Deadpool get arrested along with Firefist. And so we see them both be taken to this place called the Icebox, where they have, um, like, neck bracelets. Yeah, it's like a power dampener is what yeah. they call them. Dampening collar. Yeah, so dampening it's... collar. That's what it is. And so we see that all of the... All of the inmates in the icebox, I guess, have some sort of power. Or There's mutants of some kind. Yeah. So it's a mutant facility where all their powers are restrained, so everybody's just regular 
strength. So, yeah, and so we see that we see Deadpool and Firefist both get introduced to the icebox. We have a pretty funny sequence of events where Firefist is going to try to protect Wade because his power dampener is causing Deadpool to have cancer all yeah, over his, again. His superpower without the power is just stage four cancer. <laughs> he says Unbridled, cancer. Unbridled cancer. I have tumors to grow. <laughs> Leave me alone. He's trying to die in peace. And uh, so Russell's going to defend him with a pin that he smuggled in through his prison wallet. <laughs> and I'll let you think where else you're going to store your stuff you sneak into prison with. But yeah, it's in Russell's butt for sure. Prison wallet. Uh, <laughs> so really funny sequence of events. He tries to protect Deadpool, gets <laughs> the crap beat out of him, but loves every minute. Loves every minute. Thinks of it. it went a lot better than it did. He's but, like he's like the annoying kid. Like he's like we're gonna be buddies. We're gonna be best friends forever. We're gonna be partners. And Wade's just not having it. He's not feeling it. He's already depressed. Now he has no superpowers, and he's just like, he's done. He doesn't see a way out of this. But uh, that's where Cable comes in. Yeah, Cable. The man of a plan from the future. Cable, who is played by our long lost friend, not lost friend, just long friend, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Who also played Thanos. Played a little guy called Thanos in yeah, the other big part. Marvel movie this year so far. So just a small part. Just a small part. So haven't he, heard of him. He's now been in the two highest grossing films of the year. Yeah. Up to this point. Not not bad. Not a bad line of work there. But yeah, he, he plays Cable from the future. And the first time we see him, um, he is standing over two corpses that are not disintegrated but they're smoldering they charcoal charcoal yeah pretty much and we don't know anything about the two corpses but we know that he takes with him a teddy bear that's half charcoal half normal and then he uses his watch to travel to a different point in time and takes some pretty damn impressive weaponry with him yeah he does it's got the real terminator vibe from it so it's i like that it was pretty pretty baller he has another uh, robotic arm. He does, of course. He got a robotic arm, which so. Deadpool points out, makes fun of. That's a good self-aware moment as well. So Cable comes from the future, and we actually see him break in to the ice box because he is specifically looking for uh, Firefist at this point. Firefist, because apparently he turns into this monster that ends up killing a lot of people and eventually his family so he's trying to head off the problem at the beginning yeah and where else but an easy target if he's in the icebox he's self-contained and hopefully easy to take out but he does not account for deadpool being his cellmate so that's where the plan falls apart for him yeah so eventually in all the fighting deadpool has his uh, power dampener broken mm -hmm. and so the collar falls off and Deadpool can regenerate his health once again and become pretty much the invincible hero that he is. And gives Cable a pretty good damn fight for the money. Yeah, it's an awesome fight scene. Uh, good action. I feel like no part of this movie was boring whatsoever. Yeah. It was really, really well paced. Yeah, and this is, no, this is no exception, this scene. And so eventually 
um, Cable and Deadpool kind of come to a stalemate where they're both thrown out of the icebox, or I guess ejected, blown yeah. out. <laughs> Explosion, they're both, you know, they both leave the icebox, just not under their own power. They both fall down a huge mountain, which I'm not sure how Cable survives, I guess, future stream. I mean, this dude's tough. He's like half metal, yeah. so... But uh, Wade puts it himself, he hits rock bottom. More aptly, he fractures, gets basically sculled by a rock. And it's pretty graphic. You can see his skull break. And, you know, it would kill any normal human being. He's got an exposed brain, falls in a giant icy lake below. And he gets thrown back into that purgatory and Vanessa in the apartment again. So this is the second time he goes into the quote-unquote afterlife to talk to Vanessa. And... He's once again, I think this one he's told that uh, kids give us the chance to be better than yep. kids give us a chance to better. It's she repeats a line that she told him earlier before they died, when they were wanting to have a child together. So he snaps back, and uh, it's gonna be time for him to. He's got to save Russell. He's got to help Russell yeah. out. So that's when he realizes that that the key to the riddle is for him to help Russell become. I guess not a murdering lunatic. Help him out. Be a, be yep. the friend to him that he doesn't have. Be a, like a, a parent to Russell because he doesn't have one. So he's got to get a team together, and Colossus isn't going to talk to him anymore. So he's got to figure out. He's going to have to do things the Deadpool way. So here we are. We have the origin of X-Force on film. And this is honestly, to me, highly derivative. The name. funniest, the funniest sequence of events and scenes in any movie that we've watched this year so yeah, far. Yeah, absolutely. It was hilarious. Uh, we initially had the recruitment of X-Force, which includes Bedlam, Zeitgeist, Vanisher, Domino, Shatterstar, Shatterstar, and Peter. Peter, hands down, one of the Peter's, best characters. Peter's the best movie. X-Force member <laughs> in my book. That mustache is amazing. And... Uh, yeah, once he recruits X Force, they they plan on uh, heading yeah. off the. So they're actually going to transfer Fire Fist and some of the other inmates to a different facility, and the plan is for X Force to kind of head them off while they're in mid transfer. Oh, and uh, important to mention is uh, after Russell and Deadpool or Russell and Wade aren't on the best of terms because Russell overhears Wade telling Cable before they both got blown out of the side of the prison that uh, he doesn't care about the kid and doesn't give a shit about him basically, and so Russell's really hurt, and so he ends up befriending who we will see later to be Juggernaut in prison, wins him over. So he's got a new right hand man, and it's gonna become a more formidable issue in the third act of the movie. Going back to the X-Force plan, they're going to have to head off this convoy. And all while they make this convoluted plan, he's, he's drawn it out in crown perfectly, as Deadpool does. And, uh, yeah, so I guess it's a great plan. But uh, Cable's 5'11". Cable's 5'11". There's a 5'11 joke in there. Some, some people in the group are a little upset about jokes about height. I don't get triggered by height jokes whatsoever. So we're not going to mention that. Chris is definitely at least five foot eleven and three quarters. So anyway, 
X-Force has to head off this convoy, and there's a wind advisory, but everybody ignores the wind advisory. But it turns out the wind advisory well, is pretty... Deadpool ignores the wind advisory. But everybody else is concerned about the wind. Deadpool chooses not to worry about it, and it ends up being tragic for X-Force, to say the least. Tragic for the X-Force. Funniest scene in the film it's for everyone pretty watching damn it. hilarious. We just see <laughs> everything go wrong from the very beginning. I mean, it starts out great. They jump out to Thunderstruck out of the back of the plane. There's a motivational speech. So badass. They even the form time. a flying X in the air. And then as soon as the chutes get pulled, that heavy wind sets in effect. And uh, they just, we lose members of the X-Force to tragic circumstances. Uh, well, we, we lose Bedlam first. Bedlam goes first. Bedlam, Bedlam looks like it's going to make a safe landing. Gets that creamed by a bus. Just, yeah. Shatterstar gets pulled into the uh, props of a helicopter, but he was kind of a dick anyway, so nobody will miss him. Green blood. Green blood. He was definitely an alien. He was not lying. Yeah. I thought he was, like, lying in his interview, but uh, he was definitely an alien, and he definitely is dead. And then Peter lands Peter safely. Peter lands. Peter does a great job. Sugar Bear lands. Zeitgeist lands, but not very well. He uh, lands in a wood chipper, so he's halfway incapacitated at this point and probably the best was was uh, Vanisher who we never saw and they throw his harness out of the plane so you think it's a running gag you think he's actually not a person at all you think like it's just a running gag there's not really a guy there but then all of a sudden Vanisher's uh, parachute hits power lines and sure enough there is an actual person there and even better the cameo of the person playing Vanisher is Brad Pitt and you Me, see it for Edward half Gordon. a second I'm just kidding, it was Brad Pitt. I mean, it is a split second, but there was actually, it was kind of a running gag they had going that the Vanisher wasn't even confirmed to be a member on the team. They, you thought they were just talking to an empty harness, but he was actually there, and he actually died too. So, <laughs> And this all is happening tragic. while Deadpool's commentating on everybody oh, yeah. dying. So he's like sitting there. Of course, there's no consequence for him like hitting the ground, hitting the uh, billboard, but he watches the X-Force drop like flies, and it's just him and... Domino, who's lucky. Domino with the breakout performance of the movie. Yeah. Besides Peter, I mean Peter. I mean Peter's Peter's awesome. Domino's a close second. Luck's not a superpower. Except she she kind of has superpower of luck. (laughs) Yeah, she does for sure. And she's awesome. And so we see her actually land in the convoy that's transferring the prisoners. Right in the driver's seat. Yeah, I mean, some would say luck, others would say skill. But I think it was probably a lot of luck. It was luck, yeah, for sure. A little bit of luck. And so once she lands there, uh, Cable quickly is there afterwards because he tortured T.J. Miller into giving up the location. Well, Mm -hmm. tortured, he talked to T.J. Miller. Yeah, he was so scared he divulged all the plans. So Cable's there, he heads off the convoy, and so it's basically... Domino fending against Cable while Wade rides on a little red scooter to try to catch up to the convoy because they landed way off course. Uh, so it's pretty entertaining. It's a pretty good fight between each other. and So it's just killing time until Deadpool can get there and maybe it's a 2-on-1 situation. They can knock, Kane, or knock Cable out and, and uh, have a better chance at saving Russell there. But uh, things get worse. Yeah, but the the fight scene with Domino and and Cable is 
really it's awesome and really well done i mean she just lets go of the steering wheel and Let's Lady Luck take over. Let's Lady Luck take over. And you can really see the Atomic Blonde vibe. Yeah. And the the really tight hallway of the of the vehicle they're fighting in. Like it's a bunch of jumping over people's heads, climbing up walls, wall crawling, backwards flips, brutal kicks to the face, punching guns out of hand. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Action packed. Shelby loved it. It was awesome. If you can't tell. I love Atomic Blonde. So yeah, eventually we we see Deadpool catch up. He does, and then Domino kind of goes back to steering the the convoy, because, which she left unattended for like yeah. five minutes, and somehow because Lady Luck took over, didn't crash. So, but uh, yeah, Deadpool jumps in. Deadpool jumps in. Helm and Cable have a little fisticuff, and eventually we see. Uh, in order to try to stop the convoy, Domino runs it through some buildings, but Firefist lets out his friend that he made in the icebox. Oh yeah, and he's a big friend indeed. Big fucker. This, I mean, Juggernaut. Is this? The, do we actually see Juggernaut in the convoy at first? I don't think we do. Well, no. I think he. You see him like punch, but. You see, the they have that exposition shot where they show, because I think his cell's actually under the front of the car. Yeah. Like, it's like for the front of the truck, it's like an engine block. So, he's in the convoy, and Russell finds him and lets him out, and as soon as, <laughs> Cable knows exactly who Juggernaut is, too, which is pretty funny, because Cable's from the future, and he knows what a problem Juggernaut is when he's out, so, and not under the control of his brother, so... <laughs> Juggernaut just uh, just punches punches the floor of the convoy and sends the whole thing flying off a bridge. I think through a bridge. Through a bridge. I mean, he yeah. absolutely it's it's Juggernaut. He just destroys. He wrecks shit. He is a Juggernaut. Uh, Domino finds a way to land perfectly Peacefully, safe, nicely, and you know somehow Cable and Deadpool are basically indestructible, and everybody lands in the debris, and it ends with. It's like a strained parent-child relationship. Russell's going to leave with his new friend, and uh, Wade gets to meet his, his comic book hero. He, he breaks another self-aware. He's fangirling really hard about meeting Juggernaut, and he's like, you know, I can't wait to meet one of my heroes. And then Juggernaut says, I'm going to rip you in half right now, and then proceeds to rip Deadpool in half, literally. And he says, well, that's just such a, uh, such a Juggernaut thing to say. And so, all the while, leaves. all the while, Deadpool and Firefist are having a parent-child yeah. confrontation, where Firefist is wanting to leave with Juggernaut to go back to the orphanage, and Wade, exact revenge. Yeah, and Deadpool wants him to take a different path, but of course, as any young teenager would, he goes down the path that uh, of power. Of power, yeah. So. So we're left with Domino, putting Deadpool on her back like a backpack <laughs> and carrying his you know, legless torso back to uh, to regroup for stage three, which is stopping Russell. Yeah. And we see the group initially at blind Deadpool woman's house. Granny Pool. Granny Pool. We see we see him at Granny Pool's house, and initially we just see a shot of. Uh, Deadpool's torso, 
and <laughs> uh, it scans down and we see that Wade actually has baby legs. He's got baby legs. He's growing his legs back. <laughs> the boy's doing it. And he's totally shirt cocking it. Totally shirt cocking it. Just like us. And it's at this point that that uh, Cable actually finds the group and he's going to offer to work with the group. So that kind of spins it on its head. So Cable needs them to all work together because now Russell's let out Juggernaut and he can't stop Juggernaut on his own. Nobody can. So he's going to need a team to take down Juggernaut and stop Russell. And so because he's asked for that in exchange, Deadpool wants a chance to redeem Russell before Cable decides to kill him. And he reluctantly agrees to give him 30. He's like, how much time do you need to change somebody's soul? 30 seconds ought to be enough. (laughs) So, he's got 30 seconds to change Russell's entire future and stop him from killing Cable's family in the future. So, it's no small task. Pretty cool. Yeah, we see Cable switch from being kind of the antagonist of the movie to being a reluctant a, yeah. partner. They they have the same end goal, so working together. It's the friend of the... Enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal, so... And they know they know where Russell's going at this point. They know that Firefist is going back to the orphanage. He's mentioned this a few times, and he's wanting to take down the headmaster because of what he put him through. So they go to track down Juggernaut and Russell. Yep. So they all this eventually all leads to the orphanage back where we first met Firefist. And well, and on the way, on the way to the mansion. They stop by the, or on the way to the orphanage, they stop by the X Mansion, and uh, <laughs> Wade begs for Colossus' forgiveness in a Deadpool way, and uh, you see Colossus mull it over, and he doesn't come out to the car and join them on the mission, so they head on, they head on, but maybe Colossus will have a change of heart, uh, but they. Uh, they have to fight Juggernaut now. Yeah. And Russell. You got, to, you got to spend a little bit of time, too, with Yukio and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who are a couple. They're a couple. Um, yep, and then they head on to the orphanage. And we see... It's pretty funny. The whole ride there is a great scene. It's great, great banter between all of them. Uh, you know, Deadpool calls Cable a racist several times. He, he committed a hate crime by killing his favorite... Uh, his favorite, and I said that facetiously, inmate in in the icebox, uh, Black Tom, who is not African American. His special power was cultural appropriation, according <laughs> to Wade. Uh, and so he, he accuses uh, Cable of being a racist several times, which is pretty hilarious because like he's just like Jesus Christ, like he cannot stand Deadpool's banter and non-serious attitude about everything so it's pretty great dynamic and you got domino in the back so like man i should have should have gotten an uber and i should have finished college and regretting her signing up with this team because these people are crazy and it's and pretty as, great as much as as much as we love reynolds as deadpool i think this movie more than anything shows that the supporting cast around him does a great job of kind of dampening yeah uh, too much Deadpool at once. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's a lot of good foil to 
Deadpool. Like yeah. Cable's like a no nonsense, serious guy, definitely. and it's pretty it's pretty hilarious to watch them work together because they're definitely two different people. So it's a great interaction. And then they eventually get to the orphanage. They get to the orphanage, and right in time. Right in time. They're right, walking. Juggernaut and Russell are walking up to the front door. The headmaster's cowering. Which how did Juggernaut and and Russell get there? I guess they just. Walk. I mean, they're in the scary. same. They're in the same town. I mean, it, nothing seems to be that far away from. Yeah. Anyway, but once again, Deadpool takes liberties that you don't really have to worry about. It's just it's for the fun of it. So they do get there somehow, and you know the the soundtrack starts playing. The holy there's a song. It's called Holy Shit Balls. It's the Juggernaut. <laughs> it's great. It's like a or orchestra backed chants it's uh it's hilarious and so gregorian chant with an orchestra and but they're just dropping expletives and it's holy shit balls it's the juggernaut holy shit so we have we have a huge battle between cable deadpool domino and juggernaut while russell kind of chases down the headmaster and then right as the battle's starting to go downhill for those three we have the long-lost lover, Colossus, come in. And this is where Deadpool actually says there's about to be a huge CGI fight. Yeah, so once again, it ends up being... And this is cool. It's a cool matchup. It's Colossus versus Juggernaut. It's like something you don't see in the X-Men universe. It's a great matchup. Be interested to see how it goes. So Two immovable heroes faced off against each other. So they fight, and while... Juggernauts occupied. They uh, try to track down Russell and stop him from killing the headmaster because that's the catalyst that creates the murderer in the future. Is if he's allowed to kill this headmaster, he won't stop killing. He gets a taste for it, is what Cable says at one point. So they've got to stop him from doing that. And uh, I guess was it Domino finds her cosmic reason for being, and that's she was raised in the same orphanage, and so she's able to go in there and she just fights the way Domino does with luck and acrobatics, and it's pretty brutal. And all the kids are watching and like cheering her on, and it's pretty hilarious. And so she's in there helping the other orphans while Colossus fights Juggernaut, and then you know, Cable and and Deadpool are chasing down Russell. So it's a pretty funny juxtaposition between the, the, the group. And the scenes jumping between each other. So they they get to wrestle. The final confrontation happens. Yeah, I guess this leads us to the climax of the movie where Russell has to make the decision of whether or not to to kill the headmaster. And I mean, it's, he decides to kind of kill the headmaster. He definitely wants to. Yeah. But Wade tries to stop him by putting on the uh, powered uh, dampener uh, around his neck again. And so, at this point, Cable thinks that that fire fist is too long gone, that Wade can no longer save his soul. And so he's going to actually kill fire fist. But right, there's one shot left in his gun. One bullet. And so at the last second, Deadpool jumps in front of the bullet. And he's hit. Directly in the heart. With the power dampening collar on, which means it has no healing power. It's a mortal wound at this point. And so, that's it. That is the catalyst 
him actually dying as a consequence of Russell's not taking the situation seriously makes him not become a murderous monster. Uh, Deadpool sacrificing himself saves Cable's future, essentially. But at the at the cost of him losing his own life. And so it's pretty good. He uh, he doesn't go quietly, as Deadpool <laughs> never would. Uh, it's pretty funny. He he's, thinks he's dying like three or four different times before he finally goes, and there's a lot of great banter and uh, just Deadpool shit. And so he finally breaks the veil and gets to talk to Vanessa. And... We see. We also see the bear that Cable brought with him actually lose yeah. a charcoal. Well, that's, that's how he knows. Like yeah. the future is saved because the the bear goes back to what a normal teddy bear. So would Cable's like. family is safe at this point. So Cable's gotten what he needs out of it without him to kill Russell. And that's when we see Deadpool die. And so Deadpool dies, and he gets to talk to Vanessa. He gets yeah. to cross through the barrier and talk to Vanessa, but Vanessa has a little bit of a hitch. To share with them because while he's there she says he can't stay and he doesn't understand why because because it's not his time she, well she tells him that it's not it's not their time together yet that their time will eventually come but that that's not now and that his family needs him and then you see a shot behind Deadpool and and we see his family at this point, which is Colossus. Is everybody standing around yeah, his body? Standing around. And so at that point, Deadpool is kind of pushed back out into reality. Or actually, well, sorry. While he's doing that, Cable's dialing. Cable's got two because of quote lazy writing. <laughs> Cable's only got two charges on his time slip. He's got device, one charge left, and he's now. got one left yeah. now because he used one to get here to this timeline. And so he's using the charge to go back. And save Deadpool's life, essentially. And so Deadpool's pulled back from the veil, and it, time slips back, and there's a pivotal second where it replays a scene, and Cable slips the little lead ski ball token. Lead ski ball token that was Vanessa's, uh, his gift for, to Vanessa for their anniversary, their first date. He slips it right over the spot that he knows he's going to end up shooting him later. And so it just fast forwards through all the fight scenes and everything. It goes back to the exact same time when the trigger's pulled. And this time the bullet still hits Deadpool, but it, it's stopped partially by the skee-ball token. So instead of it being a mortal wound, it's just a regular, you well, know, still sucks, but it'd be like getting hit by a bullet with a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. He's got he's going to have a hell of a bruise. He lives. But he doesn't, it doesn't go through his heart. So he's going to live. And uh, Domino guesses the one-digit code to get the dampener off. Russell uses his special pin to open up the collar Oof. and uh, <laughs> his prison wallet pin, which I'm assuming he's still been keeping <laughs> there. <laughs> and it's like a gross running joke they have with it. And yeah, Domino guesses the the code to get the collar off, and it's just luck. It's just a one-digit number. It's just seven, and so. It's pretty funny. Cable gives up the chance to go back to his family because he knows it's safe because he wants to save the this, world, really. This world from shitting yeah. it, shitting the bed. So he mentions earlier in the film that that the mutants and the the heroes of the world are actually the cause of the downfall of the world. Right. I 
Yeah, I mean, like he's, he wants to, he's seen it all unfold, and he wants to stick around and make sure that the future that he's from doesn't ever really happen, because yeah. it's not, not very nice, so it's pretty funny. So he, he gives up his chance to go to the future to stay back, and he's part of the family now, reluctantly. He doesn't want to admit it, but he saved Deadpool, because he likes Deadpool a little bit, just a smidge. And so it's this is funny. the family that we're left with. And this is it. This weird, broken family. So what starts out is a depressed Deadpool with with no family. Vanessa just died. Ends with, you know, Wade and having a full family that he's always wanted. Yep. Or maybe not that he's always wanted, but, but the one that he's he, always needed. Yep. And that was kind of the recurring theme in the movie. So it was kind of nice to see that whole thing dovetail. It was, yeah. it was good. It was a good little arc. And it sets the stage for what the X-Force will be comprised of. Uh, even though we lost R.I.P., we lost members of the X-Force earlier. Uh, it's not bad picking up Cable as, as one of your allies, I would say. It's a pretty good one to have on your side. So. But we can't forget about the Headmaster. We can't. Because he's still alive. He is point. still alive. And actually, uh, Deadpool is going to spare yeah. the Headmaster. Deadpool spares me, so there's been enough killing... For once, so he tries to turn the other cheek, but that's not, not, <laughs> not what Depender has in, in mind. Because as they're walking away from the headmaster and he's screaming at him, calling an abomination and everything, uh, Depender runs over, runs over him with his taxi. So he gets that blood that he was craving for the entire time, wanting to be a member of the X Force. Two kills in two movies. Two actually. kills in two movies. So yeah. he is a mass murderer now, technically. He's a serial killer. So. It was pretty great. Unexpected the first time watching it too, just out of nowhere. Yeah, out of definitely the unexpected. And uh, so it was pretty funny. But so uh, it was wholesome. It was a wholesome Deadpool movie. It was a family movie, as he said. Definitely need to talk about the end credits. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. that was one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. So the first end credit that we actually see, uh, we see. Uh, Teenage. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, we got Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Yukio actually fixing Cable's watch that can travel in time and giving it to Deadpool. And then admitting that maybe that was a mistake, giving him power. Definitely a mistake. Did he just call himself God? <laughs> he did. And using this watch, Deadpool does a lot of different things. So what is, what's... Tell us about the timelines that he jumps through. Well, the first thing he does is he goes back and saves Vanessa from being killed. So he throws the uh, cream cheese spreader directly in the guy's forehead instead of missing and hitting the, the door jam. And then, so we all expected that. And then he uh, he jumps back to, he, get, he cleans up some things in the timeline. that he uh, <laughs> that Some errors that need to be corrected. Uh, he jumps back to... X-Men the, Origins, Wolverine Origins... Deadpool's first on-screen appearance, yeah. as you all may remember from 2009, 2008, 2009, I can't remember exactly when that came out, it was a while ago. Pretty solid movie in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah, the Deadpool is quite regrettable in that, <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty good retcon. So he shows up and he's like, hey, what's up uh, Wolverine, it's uh, just, just cleaning up the timeline, and he shoots the mute, chopped up striker experiment. Wade, and it's pretty great. The CG on that was awesome. Like they splice in the old footage, and it's pretty great. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast with him today with Ryan Reynolds talking about it, and they actually had 
trouble finding Hugh Jackman's part of that film because it was film because it, it's not digital. It was filmed oh, actually yeah, on yeah. film at the time, and that film got. Uh, I guess somehow it was damaged, uh, damaged yeah. and they couldn't use it. So they had to go out into a vault, a vault that has all the backup films in the middle of the United States and find it. And <laughs> he said it was a huge ordeal. It took them forever to just to for an end credit together. scene. Yeah. So it's pretty great, but it was it was hilarious. And so he does that, cleans up the timeline, <laughs> and then probably the the greatest of all, because if you know Ryan Reynolds, he's not new to to uh, being in superhero movies, but uh, had, didn't really find his legs in him until. The first Deadpool. So, the uh, the second the second tra- or the third travel back in time takes him to when he gets the script for Green Lantern, and old past Ryan Reynolds says, "This is gonna was it, your, your career is really gonna take off." Now. Yeah, <laughs> and it just ends with a bullet going straight through his head into the script, and so, and then they, he also goes back at one point and saves Peter. Oh, oh yes, he does. He saves yeah. Peter as well. He saves Sugar Bear. He tells Peter to just leave, to not come back when he lands on the ground. Don't ever mention anything. And Peter asks for uh, Domino's email address. Uh, it was funny because on the same podcast I was listening to, uh, Ryan Reynolds said that initially the end credit scene was only going to be him and Peter. And it was going to be a lot longer because they loved Peter's character so much. But then they found the old film and from uh, Origins, and they decided to go that route instead. I wouldn't be surprised to see. There's probably the Peter stuff on the oh. extended version of the Blu-ray when they'll release This is that. not the last sure. we're going to see of Peter. Oh, for sure. I want to see Peter, for sure. So, it is, was great. The is whole... That is that it for the end credit scenes? Yeah, I think it's just four it's of them, it. right? But he, he kills Ryan Reynolds that accepted the Green Lantern script. That's probably for the Which best. Which was a pretty... Pretty regrettable career choice. I mean, did I buy a Green Lantern ring when that movie came out? Yeah, of course. Everybody did, I think. Well, I think we were all upset because Green Lantern was a pretty damn cool DC character and that movie came out still and really is. destroyed still a lot awesome of it. DC it is character. really awesome. But I noticed the other day, it was pretty funny, uh, DC actually had like a snippy thing on Twitter and asked for his ring back. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's been a pretty good back and forth. I think Ryan Reynolds tweeted back, well, if you'd give me a Nuva ring, none of this would have happened. And it's pretty fucking hilarious. It's the whole back and forth, like, the blurring of reality, the the fourth wall of these movies is definitely shattered, and it's pretty funny to see all the jokes made. I think my the funniest line in the movie for me was when he called Cable... Because Cable was saying, they have to kill Russell, there's no saving him, there's no choice. And he's like, whoa, 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 just chill it there, Thanos. <laughs> so like, it's great. It breaks the fourth wall because Josh Rowland's both Thanos and Cable. <laughs> it's just, it's great. It just jumps around. He calls himself Batman at one point. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous, and that's probably why it's so fun. Yeah, so I think that's going to, I think that's it for the Deadpool 2 review. Unless you have anything else. No, I mean, it's... It's a blast. There's a lot of cameos. You got to watch it carefully to catch. Go watch it. Go watch it more than once if you had the chance to. And I would always suggest visiting your local theaters instead of waiting for it to come out. Oh yeah. Theaters need your business. They need your business. So give them the business. Um, There's matinees. You don't have to go on Saturday night. Yeah. Be smart. Soundtrack. Soundtrack is awesome too. Oh yeah. Soundtrack was fantastic. That was. That was probably 
one of the greatest parts of the movie. So. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, I think the soundtrack for the first one was really good, too. It was good. It was good. It's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, where the soundtrack plays a huge role in setting the, the tone. And it, in any good movie, it should, but these really do stand out. There's a lot of great hits across all eras and genres, so it's pretty good. Yep. So, that's going to do it for us. Once again, if you guys don't mind, send us any feedback you have. Definitely send Shelby all the hate mail. All the hate mail. <clears throat> And, Jokes on um, you, I can't read. We don't have a topic picked out yet for our next review, so if you have any ideas, send it our way. Uh, I would guess that it's going to be solo since that Probably. comes out this week. Yeah. But we're not sure yet. So if you have any... Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and say that our next Let's review will solo. be solo. It'll probably it'll be solo. So if you have any questions you would like us to answer, I know that the movie's not out yet. But we probably won't do the review until at least Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, probably at least a week. Yeah, three or so four days. So you'll have, yeah, you'll have three or four days once the movie's released. To no, send I'll, us I'll be questions. in San Jose, so it won't. It won't be until the week, probably week after. So perfect. Yeah, so we got time. You have some time. Give us some questions. Send us questions. Anything you'd like to know about the movie? If we don't have the answer, we definitely can find it. We'll lie to your face. We'll lie to your we ears. Know the answer. Yeah, we'll lie somewhere to your body. All of your body. Um, so, yeah, for now, we're going to end it with a little jam from our girl. R.I.P. Wait. She's not dead. At least we got Bowie. At least we got Bowie. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Left if you made it this far, these prayers are working anymore. This is a lot slower than I thought. Also, this whole scene that this song plays is oh, It's like a James Bond over It is a James Bond over there. That was Pretty great. And the, uh, the, 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 the killer? I'm losing from my voice. From the guys who killed John Wickstall. Directed by the guy who killed John Wickstall. Which is great. Yeah, I've been shaking. I've been bending backwards till I'm broke. Watching all these dreams go up.